Thunder Nerds. I'm Brian Hinton. I'm Janelle And I'm Frederick Philip Von Weiss. And thank you for consuming the Thunder Nerds. A conversation with the people behind the technology. That love what they do. And do tech. Good. Ha ha. tech, guys. Sorry, that's starting. Super fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Shop Talk show, or Shop Talk Radio actually said that we are the number one fun Tech podcast. Oh, there. oh my gosh, you guys love that. No, it was Copen Radio. Oh, I'm sorry, Copen Radio. Oh my gosh, you yeah, also guys love like That's similar, right? It's the same people. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why I said Shop Talk. Yeah. 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 Which was so awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you love yeah, us. Yeah, that's awesome. You love you. <laughs> yeah. We are at ViewConf. Uh, U.S. 2019. Did it again. Got the year again. Good job. Thanks. Hey. I've been practicing. <laughs> We're in Tampa, Florida at the Straz Performing Arts Center. Yeah. It's beautiful here. Yeah. Yeah. And we are with a very special guest. We are with uh, Davia Sassy Darn. Yes. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. This so happy to have you here. Yeah. Yeah. I've done podcasts, but this is the first time I've done like video thing going Ooh. on where oh. everyone like sits on the couch Oh, yeah. Awesome. We're all Oprah. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, like, strangely comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yay. Oh, good. We keep it fun. We yeah. did just spend the last three minutes complimenting her. So. Yeah. 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 And we had a big group <laughs> hug with our last guest right, right we before did. this. So, yeah. We're all about the love. We're, yeah. We're really yeah. Awesome. So, what exactly do you do for our audience? That's a good question. So, I'm. I thought so. Thanks. She's like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a good first question. Um, so I'm a developer advocate at Netlify, um, and I'll explain like the two parts of that. So like yeah. being a developer advocate is kind of like being a developer, but you like talk a lot more and you, you rack up travel <laughs> miles <laughs> and you have to like tolerate jet lag, I guess. Well, uh, and extroverted developer. Yes. Yeah. In a sense, like forced extroversion. Which coast are you on? <laughs> what was that? Which coast are you on? I live in Chicago. Oh, so Chicago, I'm pretty yeah. much like mid Midwest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it, like very much central time zone. Um, yeah, but if I travel within the US, it's totally fine because like there isn't much time differences yeah. between, but yeah, international is usually the one. Um, but anyway, so that's what a developer advocate is. And then um, Netlify is a company that we are trying to encourage this new way of building your applications. So we encourage this, um, we have this acronym called Jamstack, which is Oh, like, yeah, the jam, yeah. Yeah, the jam, because we like jam. And also, uh, it's an acronym. I like jam. Yeah, jam's great. Um, yes. Um, yeah, get rid of those servers. Yeah, so no servers. It's like using serverless functions. So the idea is the jam stands for JavaScript API and markup. And so um, the idea is that you're trying to decouple your apps as much as possible. So in the past, um, a lot of people build their apps full stack. So you have your front end and your back end in the same code base, which is kind of clunky. And then you also have to like manage a server and there's a lot of extra stuff that happens. So in terms of agility and maintainability, it's always kind of tough. And I've been on teams where that has been the case. And so Jamstack is this idea of where you split your front end and your back end. So your back end is kind of like a microservice. So mm -hmm. like microservices are a thing. And your front end talks to your back end via API calls. So that's where the API part is. And the markup is obviously like your front end, right? In JavaScript. So for that. Yeah, yeah. definitely makes things a lot more performant. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like really nice because you can go from like MVP to like actual finished product. Because a lot of the times people are like when they build a prototype, it looks nothing like mm -hmm. the finished app. 
Um, and with the Jamstack, it's really easy for you to for the two to look fairly similar because mm. you're already building kind of with the end in mind, but without having to optimize for it. Yeah. Because there's so many um, applications where you have to think about a lot of the challenges that will come down the road before you even have like that large audience of people and make sh making sure like your server has an uptime and so so on. They're kind yeah. of building it together too. Yeah. Which exactly. Is nice. Yeah. So it's it's really nice. It's composable. Um, it makes like, in a sense, there's a talk that Chris Coyer has, which is like the all-powerful front-end developer, which is um, actually yeah, yeah, very much like what Netlify is in, like championing, which is like just the way we build things. Because I think with the Jamstack and with like modern front-end, front-end developers are no longer what they used to be, which is like, oh, you just build like everything. CSS. But now, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so now like you're slowly doing like a lot more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of responsibility and expectation. And you don't have to, like, you know, write Docker or understand <laughs> yes. like Django. Or, yes. um, and you can easily use the skills that you have as a front-end person to build, like, very robust application. It's cool. I am so glad you talked about Netlify because we were just talking, like, we have heard Netlify, like, I feel like for me at least once a week for the past three months. Oh, that's awesome. Like yeah. where like it came it feels like it came from nowhere and it's just like <laughs> boom, Netlify in your face. Yeah. Like, um, that's, awesome. so that's super, super cool that you're able to kind of tell us what Netlify is yeah, and like what you guys champion. So that's super cool. Yeah. And also we have like these fun stickers. Yeah, yeah, I have. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so, wizardy. Yeah, so we uh we're we're at a lot of the view confs, um, and we've been at the first so I guess there's only been two ViewConf US's so far, last year's and this year's. Um, and so we've been at, I guess you can say all of them. And 100% of all the view conferences in the US. And every year we create like a sticker for it. So last year we mm. created like a New Orleans sticker, which is like a dude playing like a sex phone. So it's become like a thing yeah, that we do now. That's cool. That? Yeah. I did not bring any of those. Oh. <laughs> um, we could definitely try to ship them. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> We'd be done with that. Yeah. Yeah, I've used Netlify a little bit. So I really like just the visual aspect of building. You're basically building the API, but mm -hmm. very visual. I mean, you could kind of do it before using it. There's like applications where you build a table, but you're building it as a table. Sure. Like Netlify, you're building it like, oh, I want an input. I want a, I want a text field. I want, you know, a media. It's, mm -hmm. it's very, very awesome software. Um, uh, one, what I'd like to know before we get into like what your talk is about is, yeah. is the behind the scenes of what it took to build the talk. Like the time, I like to, yeah. like to know like the time you spent and the things that you stressed about and, uh, can you give us a little behind the scenes of that? Yeah, sure. So, um, I guess I'll start from like the inception of the talk, which is um, I have been like before I was at Netlify, I worked at a company where I dealt with a lot of forms and building forms. Yeah. And I do that at Netlify as well, because Netlify, we have a feature like that does form support for you. So we have a back end. You can yeah. create a form and it saves the data to, to our database. It's like magic. <laughs> um, I love magic. <laughs> it's really nice. And so um, I've been like in this space of like thinking about forms a lot. Um, and I carried that interest with me to Netlify. And so like input masking is one of the biggest things mm -hmm. that um, is kind of a key UX pattern. It's kind of underrated, I think, um, it, within the landscape of forms. I think overall forms, people think about it as like a negative thing. It has a really bad rap. It's yes. like when you talk about forms, people are like, ugh. 
is horrible. Um, <laughs> like filling them out and building them, and yeah. like all of it. And so, yeah. So this was kind of just like a thing that I was thinking about, and I talked to multiple people about. Um, and like Chris Fritz was like, "Hey, you should talk about this because <laughs> it would be really interesting." Uh, and so that kind of was how I created the proposal um, because in the realm of things, it's um, like. I've been thinking about this from different component pattern, like type ways of building things. So like views reactivity system and then how you can make things as a library or a plugin so it's reusable. Mm -hmm. So there's like so many pieces of it that if anything, it's no longer about the actual thing, like the UX pattern, it's more about like building components as a whole, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of how this talk is morphed. Um, because like, as I've been, like hacking at this and trying to figure out the direction I wanted to take it. I realized that for me, it was really exciting to talk about the different ways of approaching a specific problem. So input masking is like one problem and there's like, these are all the solutions. And then you can talk about like the pros and the cons and like why you'd build it a specific way. And like looking at it from like your developer, what would be the easiest way for you to implement this? So if you were to create a directive, for example, it's really nice because then you're not declaring um, like any markup in a directive. You're just essentially creating like specific hooks and there's like functionality and then you can just use like V dash, like whatever you call it. So V dash mask in an input element and it does like that logic for you. Oh, nice. Okay. So it's like super nice. There's another way you can do it with just renderless components where uh, it's, it's still like presentational except you're not really rendering anything. You're just rendering like scope slots, like whatever's within it, right? Um, but yeah, so there's like all these different ways of building the same thing, really. Mm -hmm. um, so just like talking about it from that level is really interesting because it can get really abstract and having yeah. something really specific, like an input mask gives it kind of ground that conversation a little bit. So how long did it take for you to compose your talk and and have you have you done practice sessions? Yeah. And, uh, who 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 did you make watch and? Yeah. So with a talk, I wish I, I always wish I was more methodic about my approach to it, but I'm never that. <laughs> I always assume like okay, I'm gonna usually like a couple of months out, I start thinking about like the demos I want to build, the direction I want to take it, um, but it never really starts to become a talk until like. <laughs> Three weeks Two before, days before. <laughs> yeah. or like four weeks before where I'm like, okay, maybe it's the time when I start putting things in keynote where it actually starts to <laughs> feel like a talk. And yeah. so I try to force myself to do that sooner. I think there've been times where I do it like a week before and it's like <laughs> a nightmare. Um, for this, I really like push myself to do it like three weeks before to be oh, like, okay, oh, just nice. like put, put stuff on keynote, like start thinking about the structure of a talk, play around with, the order of like how you introduce ideas and talk about stuff. And so it's been like a work in progress for a while. Um, in terms of the run through of the entire thing, um, I've done it like once <laughs> and I'm probably going to do a lot more today because I've worked on, worked on the talk in parts. And that's usually how I work on talks where like doing an entire talk consistently. Some people like that. I find that like really like frustrating. Because it's it takes up a lot of time and then over like as you practice you start to lose interest and so I work in sections so I'm like mm, this is okay. one part of the talk that I'm workshopping 
Yeah. And so instead of trying to run through the entire thing, when you, because you lose steam. So I'm like, I'm just going to workshop this idea and then just like work on that part, polish it, and then like jump to another section, work on that part, and then just keep going back and forth. So, okay, so that's cool. This is going to be the first time you're giving this talk. Yeah, so this is oh, this okay. this conference is the first time I'm giving this talk. Yeah. Because I've not given it anywhere else. I've talked about like form design patterns and stuff before, but this is like a little different from that. Yeah. Yeah, and the talk is uh built was it building fast and semantic input masks and UJS. Yeah. We never did mention that again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is the top title. What, what what exactly is that? What does that mean? Um so fast and semantic being like for me, semantic is something that is it's just like semantic HTML. So when you write out something, is it does it make sense? Mm -hmm. So like with an input mask, like obviously you're using an input. Like yes, yeah. <laughs> that is what semantic means. Um, and also the other part is what makes the most sense, like from a developer experience perspective. Because I think about this from assuming I'm building a library, uh, and I want people to use my thing, and yeah. it's an input mask library. Would I want someone to have like a direct to use it by a directive so you do v dash mask in an existing template or would you want them to like include your component and then wrap your component in their code yeah. and so thinking about it from that perspective um kind of was what like that is like to me the semantic aspect of it, it kind of takes semantic and like extends it much further than the actual meaning of the word um, and I guess fast is also like part of that. It's like developer experience. What is like the most ergonomic? What makes the most sense? Um, yeah. So what got you like super interested in form architecture? I mean, I know that's yeah. usually relegated to like, um, you know, people with a lot of patience. And a lot of <laughs> um, yeah, I think I just kind of fell into it. Uh, I've worked on it a lot in the past and the, like, as I said, the job before Netlify, I worked at a startup and we were essentially building like, like Excel. I do. I think Excel, Excel is great. Building this thing was kind of ridiculous and crazy. It was for real estate developers because um, when they do the numbers, they use Excel. Um, ah. But there's no versioning or like no way of sharing documents that is good. So they just have like the the old way of like how you would share Photoshop files with people is like underscore version one, underscore version, <laughs> underscore yeah. final, underscore yeah. final one. Really final. final. Yeah. This is for sure the last one. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same like with yeah. Excel Excel spreadsheets and like yeah. real estate developers. That's exactly how they would share it. Um, and so I worked. I was working on it with the team, not just me. Um, you by yourself. Well, there were two of us <laughs> front end developers, so it is like full startup mode. Um, so I, we worked on a form. We had like uh, a data science team that did a lot of the number crunching and a back end oh, nice. team and stuff. And I was doing the front end with a coworker of mine where we, it was fully in view. So we would make API calls and like as a user types, we would update and we had like various input masking. And so we also had charts. So as you're typing a number, it updates the chart and it oh, shows cool. you like changes. Charts, tables, forms. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, to me, I realized there was a lot to think about within this space. It's very specific, but it's also interesting because there's a lot to explore within that. Yeah. 
So I think it's my current, like where I'm spending a lot of time in and at Netlify, it's also something that we get a lot of questions about because um, forms is actually one of the, one of the bigger features that people come for. Um, and so just trying to make sure that we create content around that is like key. Because ultimately as a developer advocate, it's like, how can you get people to be excited about the products that we offer? Which like a lot of the stuff we offer is free. And so yeah, it's like, here, we're giving this to you for free. And like, here's some tools and like tutorials on how you can use this in your current yeah. apps and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like really cool that you're able to be so passionate about forums, um, especially because I mean, I would say most of the internet is asking users about what they like, like for their data. Yeah, right? like it's literally like, give me your data. Yeah, so that I could give you more data oh, so that you could give me more data. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so forms are a huge part of like data sharing. Oh, completely. Sure. And I think um, there was a talk I gave at Connect Tech last year, which is the same, the same organizers of ViewConf, they organize Connect Tech. Um, in Atlanta, yeah. mm. it's a great conference. It's very like more than view. It's a lot more frameworks. But at that conference, I essentially talked about forms and how everything is really a form if you think about it. So if you are on Instagram and you're like posting stuff, you have to fill in inputs. Yeah, like that's, that's a form. That is a and, form. And like, <laughs> if you want to look up some directions on Google Maps, you're filling in an input. And like it makes an API call and gives you data. <laughs> like it's all a form. So like question answer, yeah. Yeah, it's question oh. answer. So world is a form. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had this like really cheesy phrase that I used. I don't know if it worked. So you know, like cash rules everything around me. Cream. Yes. So I was like forms rule everything around me, but like I tried to make it like an acronym, and then didn't like I was I couldn't figure it out. I wanted to make it like freak. But I was like, I don't know what the K would stand for. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Well, I mean, you can still use figure it out. forms. We frame, which frame. like doesn't make sense. Frame forms rule everything around me. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> form, form, input, form. input field. Input, input field. So. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Oh my gosh! This is a perfect time. Oh no! No. Okay. Frederick. Dude, Frederick. Your beautiful. Uh, oh okay. Your wrap. Oh, I don't think this is the appropriate. No, no, this isn't. Yeah. Oh, oh, sure. Hey, hey, you got a freestyle rap on you? I don't. <laughs> I, no. I do not. I'm actually really bad at rapping. I When I was younger, I really liked Eminem, and I tried really hard. Because it was, like, cool. I don't know if it was common, but, like, totally. as kids, you're like, yeah. I could do that. Spaghetti. Like, yeah, Slim Shady, for and, sure. And then you would just, like, do that, and then just fail. I want to hear the spaghetti rap. No, it's like mom's spaghetti. But then there, then I saw a YouTube video mm, that like spaghetti. made sense because mm -hmm. that whole YouTube video they re-edited it so he just says mom's spaghetti <laughs> throughout the whole. I love thing. That. It's like blah blah, blah mom's spaghetti, mom's spaghetti. Like yes, that's exactly how I. <laughs> I don't remember lyrics, so that's how I rap too. Um, yeah, that's okay. awesome. Well, um, uh, well, one thing I do do want one briefly mention is that yeah. um, one thing I really dislike in the industry and I just want to see what you think about it is how there's a negative for some reason people downplay the significance of what, what a developer advocate is and sure. what they do and what would you say to those people that seem to misunderstand all of the work that you all oh actually God, do yeah yeah, um, yeah so question. so I guess to like 
the the stuff I've heard is that, and a common criticism that I've heard is that a developer advocate is kind of like, you don't, you can't relate to the average developer because you're always building demos and yeah. like cool stuff and working at the edge of technology. But most developers don't get to do that, and they have to work on legacy apps, so they have real world concerns. Um, and I think it's easy to just typecast developer advocates to be like, you don't yeah. know what it's like. Um, and honestly, I know a lot of developer advocates who try really hard to stay relevant, which is like really hard because as a developer, and I've been a developer for many years, you, it's really easy for you to just settle. You're like, cool, I'm just going to do this thing and like work on this product and you know the product really well. As a developer advocate, you're like just constantly trying to be like, I need to learn this thing. I need to be up to date because you're speaking at conferences. You're right in front of developers. People are asking yeah. questions about things and you have to just make sure you know what's happening. So your finger is on the pulse a lot more um, and you're constantly learning and relearning. Um, and so there's that aspect of it. The other aspect is also, um, I think people misunderstand that a developer advocate doesn't just travel. So at Netlify, yeah. we talk a lot with and we work a lot with the sales team and the product team. And so we're hearing a lot of, uh, and support actually. So support talks to us about what customers reach out to them about. And then we figure yeah. out where the gaps are in terms of the content or tutorials we offer. And then as developer advocates, we, we try to fill those gaps. Because Ooh, the goal awesome. is to make sure that when people come to us, they've exhausted every single like resource we've offered. Yeah. And then that will like reduce hopefully the support load. Because like a lot of the times people reach out to support when that answer could easily be, you know, like that question could easily be answered. Yeah. Uh, but we obviously know that and a customer might not. So we're like, how do we make sure that that the products we offer at Netlify are relatable and people understand it and they can just like go with it. And I think that's the same for any developer advocate anywhere. The goal is to make sure that like, not only that you're advocating for your product, but you're making sure that the, the overall developer experience is good because you are like embedded, like you're in this weird role where you're a developer who would use the product, but you're also working for that product. So you're like kind of going back and forth to be like creating this empathy to be, to think about what would someone, a potential customer want yeah. and then bringing that back to product and then pitching them to be like, okay, I think this is what customer would want. And I think this is what that potentially could look like. And so you're talking to product, you're talking to support. And then the other part is you're also talking to the sales team. So when you go to conferences and travel a lot, you meet people who work at various places and Sometimes it's like one developer who works at a giant corporation yeah. who's like, I mean, every company always thinks about like, okay, I need, like everyone wants enterprise customers. So like developers usually are like, okay, they are part of a corporation who are potential enterprise customers. And then you want to like lies with the sales team to be like, maybe we should talk to this person because it's a potential like, um, relationship, relationship. Yeah. Or yeah, anything yeah, yeah, to develop. Cause like, I mean, it might not be, any like there might not be a transaction but it's like a good relationship to have like, oh my god yeah um yeah because you want people to use your product <laughs> um and so yeah so talking to sales is really useful from that perspective but also like i learn from the sales team what 
types of projects people use Netlify for. Mm. And then that gives us ideas on what to build yeah. and what to work on. It's good to have that insight from them. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dual salesperson. Yeah, yeah so you're kind sure. of like, as a developer <laughs> yeah. advocate, you're a developer, you're an advocate, you're also like trying to pitch the product, you're trying to like show the possibilities, and so it's like marketing and sales and like product, and it's just like everything. Yeah. You're yeah. everywhere. And this is why, yeah, this is why I wanted to bring it up. I, I see it a lot in you know the communities online, how they really dismiss developer advocates, and we've talked to quite a few of them, and they, I mean, we know, the amount of work. I mean, you're you're there for them as developer advocate. They're <laughs> they're they're doing work for developers. They're trying to make your lives better. So be nice, as our you know yeah. previous guests. Uh, yeah, just be nice. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, how uh, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, what's your Twitter handle? Yeah, what's your website. So, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, sure. There. So um, my Twitter handle is short dude. Um, I love that. That's amazing. Thank yeah. Thanks. And then my website is shortdiv.com. It's like a thing. Um, How'd you get that? Uh, so when I was in high school, there were two divias, and I was the shorter one. And <laughs> oh, so everyone called awesome. me short div. I like uh, it. And it just kind of stuck. And this was do you still right. Call by that? Like, do people still call you? Yeah, I mean, people people do. Um, I think div is usually a common one because there's not a lot of divias. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that, that stuck. In high school, I was like just getting into tech, and then like. The name kind of made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Know, at the same time. So, yeah. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Now, well, Divi, thank you so yeah. much for being yeah, on the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming up. Toodles. Thanks for consuming the Thunder Nerds. We honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Write us a review, kick a few stars our way. And above all else, please remember to send your favorite book suggestions to Brian Hinton. I, I like romance novels. They have happy endings. I should have known the Terrator didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about?